The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Outside right now, cloudy skies. We've got 37 degrees in Buffalo. State lawmakers passed their $229 billion budget last night, a month after it was initially due. The budget includes a ban on natural gas in most new buildings. When the phase-in starts in 2026, newly constructed buildings will have to forego natural gas hookups, meaning they will be unable to use gas-powered stoves, furnaces, and other appliances. The state mandate applies only to new construction and does not affect existing homes or buildings. The budget also changes the state's 2019 cash bail laws, allowing judges to have discretion to set cash bail in violent felony and misdemeanor cases. And minimum wage uh, hike that gradually increases to $16 an hour here. Future increases will be tied to inflation. Across the state, unlicensed shops selling marijuana will be under the microscope. The newly agreed upon budget includes an increase in potential fines unlicensed shop operators face from $500 up to $7,500 for the first offense and only goes higher from there. The budget also gives the state more authority to enforce existing cannabis laws, though the new rules apply to unlicensed dispensaries and not private citizens. Meanwhile, in Buffalo, the city looking to keep a closer eye on smoke and vape shops of all kinds. Here's WBEN's Max Ferry. In continued efforts to crack down on illegal cannabis shops and other smoke shops conducting business without a license, the Buffalo Common Council passed yesterday ordinances that will now require all hookah, vape, tobacco, and cannabis shops to obtain both a permit from the city as well as other proper licenses from New York State. What we did today was just tie up any loose ends with a lot of those shops. Each district in the city is seeing kind of some shops opening up without licenses, operating without licenses, distributing cannabis illegally, things like that. So we just wanted to make sure, especially with the legislation coming from the state and the Office of Cannabis Management and licenses, which will be issued soon, that we're all on the same page, make sure we're ready to operate the minute those are given out. All operating smoke shops in the city will now have a 12-month window to obtain a permit from the city's Department of Permit and Inspection Services at a cost of $200 and will be subjected to inspection. Scanlon says it's more than just illegal pot shops that are the issue here. Most tobacco stores popping up are not properly licensed by the state. What we're seeing is some people operating illegally, opening illegally, so we need to be able to enforce that as well here on the city level. We need to hold them accountable. Then if they're, if they're operating illegally, be able to levy fines, things of that nature to make them come into compliance. The fines could prove costly if you don't obtain your permit. Each violation could cost the business owner up to $1,500. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. A $100 million verdict under the Child Victims Act has been awarded to a 26-year-old Buffalo woman. The victim was sexually abused for four Four years, beginning when she was 12, by Joseph King of Buffalo, who was a close family friend. The jury awarded the $100 million verdict this week. It includes $30 million for past damages, $20 million for future damages, and $50 million for punitive damages. It is believed to be the largest verdict in state history under the Child Victims Act. 5.05 now on WBEN. The tourism industry in Buffalo continuing its push to attract Great Lakes cruises to the region. 
Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. As groups locally work to explore feasibility of becoming a port city for Great Lake cruise ships in the future, the city of Buffalo played host to this year's annual meeting of Great Lakes USA, where the city has become a new member of the consortium. We see this as our opportunity as well to start gleaning information and best practices from the member states, member destinations. And so we really wanted to take an opportunity to host the group here in Buffalo so that they could actually see what we have to offer as well. That's Patrick Kaler, president and CEO of Visit Buffalo Niagara. He says Visit Buffalo Niagara has already started some of the groundworking communications with cruise companies about Buffalo becoming one of their ports. Once the port is open and ready to go, the city would need to have some infrastructure in place for these cruises. But is Buffalo ready to become a port city or even just a stop along the way for a number of cruise ships taking to the waters of the Great Lakes? Dave Lorenz, chair of Great Lakes USA and Cruise the Great Lakes, believes where Buffalo sits in the Great Lakes and St. Lawrence River system, it certainly gives the city a good chance of potentially becoming an embarkation destination. I haven't been here for a long time, and it just reminds me why I love the Great Lakes region. There's something special about our region. This is the real American experience. It really should say the real North American experience, because just like I love Toronto, which is one of the, the cities the cruise ships go to, there's something special when you go to a Buffalo or you go to a Cleveland or Detroit or Duluth or Milwaukee. Same thing with some of those second tier in size communities in Canada. That's the real North American experience that I think a lot of people would love to enjoy and will enjoy when they come here. More from Tuesday's press conference with Great Lakes cruise experts is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. I don't know if that's a compliment. Uh, yeah. Didn't he just say there's something special about these second tier cities like Buffalo? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. like a underhanded backslap. Um, I, I mean, I, I love Buffalo. I think it's special. Second tier, I don't know about that. Uh, but we'll be talking more about Great Lakes cruises a little bit later on this morning. And asking you at WBEN.com, do you think Great Lakes cruise ships will succeed if they're brought to Buffalo? Yes or no? So far this morning, it's 50-50 right now in the web poll. We'd like to hear from you on the right side of the page at WBEN.com. The Fed set to wrap up its latest meeting today, and another rate hike is just about a given. The Fed's under pressure to act cautiously as it considers another rate hike, especially after First Republic became the third bank to fail, collapsing just days ago. But it isn't likely that the central bank will pause its increases as it tries to bring inflation to the 2% target rate. One reason, the job market is still relatively strong, which economists say is driving inflation. That's Daria Albinger. So uh, the only question is, how much will that rate go up? The Mexican national who was deported four times, accused of murdering his neighbors in Texas last Friday night, has been caught. A tip into the FBI sent federal agents, U.S. Marshals and police to a home north of Houston in the town of Cotton Shoot, Texas. He was there where they found Francisco Orpeza inside of the home, says Sheriff Greg Capers. He was caught hiding in a closet underneath some laundry. Orpesa's time on the run is now over. The sheriff saying the victim's families can rest easy because Orpesa is behind bars and will spend the rest of his life there. Orpesa now facing five counts of murder. Alex Stone, EBC News. 
The debate stage will likely lack one Republican this primary season. Former President Donald Trump will likely not attend one or both of the first two Republican primary debates, according to multiple sources. While the decision is still in flux, sources say Trump has privately indicated to allies he is considering skipping the initial Republican primary debates. In a statement to ABC News, a Trump spokesperson said President Trump is the clear front runner, saying, quote, it's no surprise every other candidate and potential candidate wants to ride his coattails to relevancy. Rachel Scott, ABC News, Washington. The bill signed defensive tackle Kalon Puna Ford to a one-year contract this week of 5'11", 310 pounds. Ford joins the Bills after spending five seasons in Seattle. Ford was regarded as one of the top defensive linemen available in free agency. All right. Ask me what I know about uh, Puna Ford. What do you know about him? Uh, five foot eleven, three hundred ten pounds. Oh, Ford right. joins the Bills after spending five seasons. In <laughs> I, I don't know much, but I'm excited because everyone else seems to think it was a pretty good move. And uh, in hockey last night, the Panthers beat the Maple Leafs. Montour with it. You got to come up with possession to get the whistle. Montour far side. It's Barkov, Kachuk right circle out to Montour. One timer. He scores during the delayed penalty. Brandon Montour on the one timer set up by Kachuk, and the Panthers take a four two lead with seven thirty. Six to play here in the third. So Florida leads that series after one game. That's former Sabre Brandon Montour scoring that goal. He has six goals so far in the playoffs. He played 112 games with the Sabres. He scored 13 goals across 112 games. Oh, so my gosh. I There's a potential he breaks that just in these playoffs alone. Parts of three seasons, uh, never more than five in one season. Six in the playoffs this time around. Uh, Seattle beat Dallas in overtime late last night. The exclusive WBN Seven Weather Forecast calls for May's March Masquerade to continue today with periods of rain and a cool breeze out of the northwest. There's even a little bit of wet snow mixing in in the high terrain early today across the New York-Pennsylvania line. The high temperature into the upper 40s will find some additional showers coming up for tonight. The showers will tend to dwindle overnight, the low temperature near 40. Tomorrow, clouds and a shower will be followed by some partial sunshine, the high temperature in the mid-50s. With your exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. Jeff Boron is with us this morning from Send Your Kids to College. Every year, thousands of students start out at community colleges hoping to transfer to a university later. It's always been seen as a cheaper path to a bachelor's degree. So, Jeff, now we're hearing about some pitfalls and obstacles. First, how common of a path is this for students, especially students that you're dealing with? Well, you know, it's, it's one of uh, a recommended paths for those students that are entering college. They uh, are not exactly sure what direction they're going to, and uh, they want to conserve on, on their budget. They don't want the parents to ruin their retirement plan. Or I should say the parents don't want to ruin their retirement plan by paying for expensive colleges. And the student doesn't want to go into a lot of debt. So it's, it's been a common strategy. Uh, and I'm very familiar with uh, students that are starting at, uh, let's say, ECC and then transferring over to another institution and getting their four-year degree. 
Is that a typical recommendation? Does that only work for a, a few students? I feel like, you know, throughout the years, that's become, you know, the quote-unquote smart play, right? Like, hey, don't spend all the money at once. Get the same degree at the end of four years, but spend a little bit less for the first two. Is that the advice for everybody, though? Not, well, not for, not for everybody. Um, some students, you know, unfortunately, there's still somewhat of a stigma about uh, leaving high school and going into a community college. Uh, that's eased up a little bit, but there's still a stigma. And, you know, parents like to put the uh, sticker of a four-year degree in the back window of their SUV, and you don't see as many SUVs riding around, you know, the Lexus SUVs with Erie Community in the back window. So there's still a little bit of a stigma, but it is a smart path for many. Um, the one thing I would say is it's it can be very successful with two things. First of all, if you're staying within the same locality, so I mean, you know, ECC transferring to a UB, if your intentions are to get your four-year degree from an institution in California, it may not be as effective, but most of our community colleges have really designed programs with the local four-year institutions to map out exactly what to do. The second part is you have to have a plan and you have to go in and basically know what direction you're going, where you're going for your four-year degree and plan it out. Otherwise, you'll probably take courses that won't be transferred. So ECC, for instance, with UB has a joint application process and they have transfer counselors that are all set up to say, all right, you want to go to UB to get your four-year degree. Here's what we do at ECC. And you're actually doing almost a joint application so that the path is laid out. That will work much more successfully than just going to ECC for two years and, and then figuring out later what credits will transfer and what credits won't. All right. So it, it, all these stories now about this, the obstacles of getting credits to transfer, it's probably more for students that don't have the path or don't have a plan going in. Don't have a don't have a college is all about planning. And unfortunately, I see parents and students after the fact when they they haven't put together a plan, and you know they're off course, they're deep in debt, and it's because they went into this uh, without doing proper planning. Proper planning starts back in high school, you know, your sophomore junior year to start laying out the roadmap. It's very expensive, and very few people would spend this kind of money without doing the research and planning that's needed, but they do it all day long for college. There, you mentioned the stigma. Um, is part of that stigma kind of what we've been talking about with the maybe extra step? I don't want to say necessarily difficulty, but if you are planning to, instead of you know going to a specialized program, just using credits to go to a four-year uh, four university after a couple of years it is part of that stigma. Maybe the difficulty of transferring over some of these credits, of making two decisions instead of one. You know, it's not just where you're going to go to college. It's where I'm going to go to community college, then where I'm going to go to the next college. Those extra steps in an already, you know, kind of rough process for a lot of people. Is that playing a role here? It is, it is extra planning, but it's very, very cost-effective. You know, you compare uh, going to a community college for, let's say, $5,000 versus going to some institutions which might be thirty, forty, dollars or even 
Now, I will say that the private schools are going to be a little tougher on transfers. The private schools are for-profit institutions. And, you know, it's like the movie theater. They really don't want you bringing your own popcorn and, and pop into the movie. You know, that's where they want to make the money. So those two years, uh, if they just transfer over, is, is lost revenue for those colleges. So it's a little tougher for the private schools. But if you're in the same locality, they've been through it. And most of them will have a matrix laid out. But again, the student has to take initiative. The student has to go see transfer counselors and has to lay this out. They can't just go and take whatever classes for two years and assume that things are going to transfer over because they won't necessarily, and that would be wasted time and money. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.